0: Hello and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy and I'm here with Brad.
1: Always good to be with you in the One Link Studios, Amy.
0: Now, Brad, in our last two episodes, we explored some new territory for this podcast. We talked about the connection between social justice and fulfilling the Great Commission.
1: That's right. We've been getting a bit adventurous with our topics, but I really enjoyed the discussions.
0: I have too. And if I can summarize some of our conversations, we address the fact that God is a God of justice. And so it is good for Christians and missions-minded people such as ourselves to care about justice. The Bible affirms God's love for all ethnic groups in the world and for marginalized people throughout the world.
1: That's right. We don't need to shy away from these issues just because they feel a bit complicated or fragile right now.
0: Absolutely. And so in terms of application, let's say it this way. Be courageous. Love your neighbor. And to move into our topic for today, we'll add thoughtful and anchored.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, that's really what's at the heart of this discussion. It's so easy to get out of balance in this because it's such a prevalent topic. I mean, you'd have to be pretty intentional to not encounter the topic of social justice in some form or another these days. So we know it's definitely on the minds of both believers and and unbelievers. I'm sure some of our listeners have been thinking, yes, we clearly know God is a justice-loving God, but what about all those groups out there advocating for social justice? Is that the same thing? I mean, some of them have views that I disagree with. Or on the other side, you know, I can't believe that a believer would not agree with these things that are important. So no matter where you're at, listener,
0: we hear you. Balance is hard. Right. And while we know justice is dear to God's heart, there are always people who take something good and true too far or uh, in ways that don't reflect God's true intention.
1: Right. And as we've said, even Christians can get out of balance. So I think it would be a good time to explore some common pitfalls and questions about social justice Uh, we have to talk through and, and know how these and know how to move forward
0: yes and i think that will help bring some balance to our discussions in fact to help aid this we have a special guest today welcome to the show zach
2: hello everyone thanks for inviting me on
1: zach it's a joy to have you here it's you've been with our organization for several months now Prior to that, you spent more than a decade in Asia, so I'm sure it's been uh, quite an adjustment over the last 18 months coming back to America during this tumultuous time. Yes,
2: being away for a while, it's always a shock when you return to find your home country in such division and upheaval.
0: Now, Zach, it's good to have you with us. Would you mind kicking off our discussions on social justice?
2: Sure. Uh, I've enjoyed hearing you and Brad talk about this important topic these last few episodes. Uh, I particularly appreciate your reminder that as God's people, we're to love all people from all ethnicities. I think we have to start any discussion by defining what we're actually talking about. And of course, we can do that by starting with the Bible. Genesis 3 and the fall of Adam and Eve plunged all creation into sin. Uh, Sin in the heart of every person leads to widespread injustice. And God's ultimate solution to all injustice in the world is the gospel. The messianic prophecy in the Old Testament and its fulfillment in the book of Revelation dramatically paints God's ultimate plans for restoration of his creation and an end to all injustice and sin. Amy, would you mind reading Isaiah 9, 6, and 7?
0: I sure can. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this.
2: Thanks. Yeah, we also see it further in Revelation uh, chapter 21, verse 4. Brad, can you take that one?
1: Sure. Uh, It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away.
2: Thanks. See, all this will happen when Jesus comes again to judge the world for sin. Only when each individual stands before God's throne of judgment will all all oppression cease and ultimate justice be done in the world. But then there will be no further opportunity to receive the gospel and be saved for eternity so in regard to true justice uh before the true judge participating uh excuse me participating in missions and proclaiming the gospel is critical as believers we can't separate this from any discussions of justice in any form
1: yes i think that's exactly the kind of balance we're striving for today we certainly need to help address urgent or felt needs but we can't forget the ultimate solution to the world's problems
2: exactly Paul in Romans says that the gospel alone can justify us before our judge and bring people from death to life, transform hearts and minds so that we can love each other as ourselves. And this is Romans 1 through 3. This is ultimately what the world needs. First, reconciliation to God and each other through forgiveness of sins and new life in Jesus.
0: That's a great point, Zach. The Bible is clear that sin in its various forms really is the ultimate problem for humanity. And this can be only dealt with through the power of the gospel. Right.
2: The Bible gives us a picture, some might say a worldview perspective, of what God has been doing throughout history and how he calls us to be his ambassadors of reconciliation. And like we just talked about, we get a glimpse of where all this has gone.
0: This is such an important place to begin. And I feel like we need to take a step back, though, because this is such a hot topic. The definitions of justice and, and social justice and Everything those ideas entail, they seem to be pretty fluid and flexible. You might get slightly different definitions on these ideas, depending on who you ask. So for the sake of clarity, we need to take a moment and set some definitions.
1: Yeah, that's really important, Amy.
0: Justice in the Bible carries with it the idea of something being made right. It's a restoration. Biblical justice from God brings the truth that all humans are created in the image of God and are equal. They deserve to be treated with fairness. It is a condition. Justice is a condition needed for a state of wholeness and of flourishing. When justice is present, people experience shalom, a word that's often translated as peace, but encompasses so much more. Now, Zach, you've already hit a couple of passages that talk about God's heart for justice being carried out. And so here are just a few more. His throne is established on it, we see in Psalm 9 verse 7. Uh, but the Lord sits enthroned forever; He has established His throne for justice. Or in Psalm 33, verse 5, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord, and we see his working toward ultimate justice, like He pointed out to us, Zach, in Matthew 12:20, a bruised reed He will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not snuff out, till He has brought justice through to victory. And then we see in Micah 6, 8, we see an example of our command to participate in justice. It says, He's told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God.
2: Yeah, exactly. And in that, we can see some overlap in the ideas behind some of the social justice scenarios and conversations. Like you said earlier, Amy, these concepts can be defined in many ways, as you have people to ask. Really, it can run a range of ideas, from true biblical justice, even to the ideology of atheistic communism. But the modern social justice movement usually seems to circle around some key ideas, uh, which can include, one, common good or working towards results that benefit the entire community, especially raising up oppressed groups. Two, distribution or redistribution of power or resources from oppressors to victims to achieve equal outcomes for all people. Think Robin Hood here. Deconstructing government systems and structures that are deemed oppressive. Uh, Adoption of a progressive agenda as necessary for our evolving society and seeing traditional viewpoints as oppressive to individual freedoms and new civil rights in things like gender, sex, and reproduction. This narrows the previous point a little further. It's really a call for society to reject traditional family values in these areas. And finally, compassion of all things. This is often used to express a desire for the alleviation of suffering. When we strain these ideas through a biblical framework of justice, of restoration, we can see more clearly why this is such a murky issue, uh, wordplay intended.
1: Nice
0: one, Zach. Thank you, Zach, for the thoughts you've shared. And a question for you, Brad, in light of what we've discussed, do you have thoughts on why this topic, justice in its many forms, is such a murky issue?
1: Well, I can only speculate on this, I think it probably depends on person to person, but but I think it has to do with the fact that these issues have many layers to them, but we often want to boil things down to one simple conclusion. For example, we see racism in the world, and we know from the scriptures that this is wrong. So we might be prone to support everything out there that's dealing with the issue of prejudice or injustice. Well obviously there are some ideas and theories out there that violate scripture. On the other side, we might see a group that's advocating for social justice that has some unbiblical views. So we might be tempted to completely dismiss the idea of social justice. But as we've talked about in previous episodes, God cares about justice and so should believers. So we have to critically evaluate everything that comes our way in light of scripture. That's our anchor. But that's a lot more complicated than just saying, do you support A or do you support B?
2: Yeah, well said, Brad. We have to remember, too, that uh, in worldview discussions, ideas have consequences. It's not simply enough to be passionate about the downtrodden. See, we need light and heat, intellect and passion. Many divisions and disagreements come from competing worldviews for what we think will bring about a healthier society. As Christians, uh, we must seek to do the hard work of studying the Word of God to understand a biblical worldview and how it might differ from other ideologies in our world. For the solutions and outcomes, will be very different. Modern Scholarship has proposed some theories to explain why we still have injustice, oppression, and racism in our society. Some of these buzzword theories can include such like critical race theory, intersectionality, cultural hegemony, white privilege, Marxism, socialism, etc. You might have heard some of these terms being thrown around. And some of these current social justice movements look to these theories as authoritative guides for how to understand and respond to the problems we see in our society. But for Christians, uh, we must start from an authority of God's word and the gospel, and instead rely on our own. Uh, instead of relying on our own human theories, we forget our minds are also affected by the fall of sin, and we quickly end up in the weeds. Proverbs three five and six says, "Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding." You see, relying on our own ability to theorize and philosophize about the problems we see around us, as well as to formulate effective solutions, will never be better than God's. Uh, We see this in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for example, where Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Later in verse 20, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And finally, verse 31, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. See, we can't. We see that we can't blindly support all elements of the current social justice movement because we know the scriptures are our ultimate authority. We have to filter what we see through the framework of scriptures. Uh, the God's definitions must be first.
1: Zach, I think it's accurate to say that this isn't our first rodeo when it comes to uh, getting out of balance in our emphasis of social justice. Can you give us a little overview of the history involved here?
2: Yeah, well, these issues really aren't new, as you said. Christians in other time periods have attempted to deal with the effects of so-called sin in our society and how justice, uh, excuse me, how Jesus would have uh, worked for justice for the oppressed. For example, in the early 1900s, there was what was called a social gospel movement. This was an American movement of theologically progressive Christians who addressed the issues of social justice, such as Economic inequality, inequality, crime, racial tensions, slums, unclean environments, child labor, lack of unionization, uh, uh, poverty in schools, etc. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> they had an optimistic view of human nature and had as their goal to attempt to bring about the kingdom of God on earth by shedding light on these institutionalized sinfulness. They emphasized the will and power of God to redeem the permanent institutions of human society from the inherited guilt of oppression and extortion. But it foundered because it did not prioritize conversion to Christ as the foundation of transformation inside out. Instead, they protested and pushed for changes to government policies and programs based on Christian ethics, which they imposed universally on all people from the outside in. See, they trusted that even non-Christians could love like Christ and behave like Christ without the necessity of giving their life to Christ. However, the devastation of World War I caused a collapse in this optimistic view of mankind, apart from Christ, and the movement ultimately fizzled. We can also see a similar movement of liberation theologians in Latin America in the mid-1900s. They exchanged a biblical concept of salvation from sin through individual conversion to Christ, for a salvation of society by economic and political liberation of oppressed peoples. The benefit of history is that we see these problems are not new, and though we have not reached a heavenly utopia, society has advanced in leaps and bounds. This is in large part to an expansion and increase in the number and influence of Christians around the world and the biblical worldview that undergirds progressive Western society. See, these were all Christians seeking to bring about justice for the poor and the oppressed, and many great things came out of this movement. But we can get out of balance when we define the root problem wrong. These people had great motives and great deeds. As believers, it is very right to work on behalf of justice. But we have to do it fueled by a full biblical worldview and theology. You see, unity will not come from tolerating all opinions as equally valid, nor in fighting the right battles for the wrong reasons or with the wrong goals in mind, but rather by recognizing that we all are sinners in need of God's grace, and that peace and justice will come only through transformed disciples of Christ, living out the teachings of Christ. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself.
0: Right, so what are some questions we can ask ourselves as we wrestle with the complexities of the world around us when we're asking, "How do I seek justice and love mercy and should I align myself with social justice movement movements how How do we plunge in Zach?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely, there are some questions uh, we need to ask. One to start off is uh does this um support my or does my support of the current social justice movement and how they're fighting for justice align with my biblical worldview of how Jesus went about bringing change. We can also build some skills and patterns of thinking. For example, we've not really delved into it here, but briefly, identity politics are a concept prevalent today that seeks to divide us according to ethnicity or according to oppressed classes with the goal of achieving equality. But God defines us as his equally beloved and precious children, the sin of racism is real, a human term for sinners judging others based on the color of their skin or ethnicity. But if our identity is in God, who God says we are, then that is our basis for looking at others as well. Only when God is taken out of the equation do we seek to solve the problems of injustice in our world with man-made political or ideological solutions. But the Creator gives us the answers to life's ultimate problems in His Word. Romans 12.2 challenges us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed our thinking through his word. Another helpful practice is to educate yourself on the issues and worldviews being debated. There are seldom clear-cut issues when we seek to integrate our Christian worldview and our responsibility to be involved in building a healthy society. But we must temper our expectations. The Bible is clear that only God can restore the Garden of Eden. We trust in no political system nor government leaders to save our broken and fallen world. Only God and his grace through the gospel of Jesus Christ has that power to save. Our identity
0: is in Christ and our authority for life is his word. Exactly. We have to be willing to embrace the complexity and to do the work of thinking clearly and thinking well. We can't settle for easy answers that don't recognize the layers that are involved. I mean, to put it another way, we can't allow ourselves to fall into an Instagram theology with the depth of our thinking framed by a picture or a caption. Similarly, we can fall out of balance if we settle for merely a social media presence in these discussions. We really can't get our theology from internet blurbs. Neither can we substitute sharing an opinion, whether it be approval or outrage, for digging into what the Bible says about these things.
2: Right, Amy. And the Bible does have a picture of justice. We see it throughout the Old and New Testaments. The Old Testament, for example, describes God as a father to the fatherless and defender of widows, like it says in Psalm 68, 5. And likewise, Jesus came to set the oppressed free from Luke 4, 18 and 19. We can't miss, though, that there seems to be a dual nature to these descriptions, physical and a spiritual Certainly, God cares about both body and soul here, and for eternity. Our eternal destiny is at stake, and only the gospel can solve that injustice.
1: Yeah, well said, Zach. And perhaps that begins to speak of a common debate among Christian circles. Should we emphasize social justice ministries or put greater emphasis on proclaiming the gospel? You have thoughts on that, Zach?
2: Well, yes. I think it's really important to view it not as a question of one or the other, but rather what's best over what is good. Our eternal souls have to ultimately have priority over our earthly and temporal bodies. And as Christians, we have to remember something important. We do good deeds because the grace of God and salvation compels us to. He has saved us for eternity, and all good deeds are to be the salt and light that will open doors for sharing with others the love of God in the gospel.
0: Zach, do you, do you think the most powerful solution to this would be to do both simultaneously, That is to say, to attend to both the physical or more justice-oriented needs of people, and then, as we do this, proclaim the truth of the gospel?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to be sure, there are situations in which empathizing a more social excuse me emphasizing a more social justice oriented approach can be helpful. For example, I can think of organizations that exist to provide legal resources to help free slaves. That's certainly an issue of justice. And in those situations, taking that approach is irreplaceable. However, we have to remember to keep these questions in the right order. We should be attentive to the needs of people. But we have to remember that only way that true justice can be established is through the gospel. So we could say it this way. Preach the gospel. And as you go on your way making disciples, work together to make the world a more just place until Jesus comes to bring final judgment and restoration.
1: Hmm. Well, while we're here on that subject, let's zoom in for just a minute on the issue of ethnicity, Zach. Do you have some thoughts on that?
2: Uh, Sure. Like I said when we began, I love what you guys talked about earlier episodes about the need to love people from all ethnicities. As we've already talked about today, God loves all ethnic groups equally as his created children. Uh, the scriptures demonstrate that different ethnic, mi- people, ethnic uh, minorities and peoples are the consequences of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Uh, there's not superior or inferior ethnic groups before the Lord, only mankind that is corrupted and divided by sin. Uh, in fact, the gospel of the new covenant could rightly be described as the great equalizer and the unifier of all peoples. Jesus' words to his disciples after his resurrection in Acts 1.8 promise that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they'll be his witnesses to preach the gospel of the new covenant to the ends of the earth.
1: Yes, and, and I just love where we see in Acts 2 the coming of the, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The linguistic division that was brought with Babel is bridged by the gift of the Holy Spirit. Through the gospel, we see that all who repent and believe are given new hearts to love and renewed minds to think like Christ.
2: Yeah. In Christ, a community of individuals transformed by grace and unified, made up of every nation, tribe, people, language, sex, and ethnicity. And everyone is focused not on our own differences, but on glorifying Jesus. The vision for a society of unity and love that many people are striving for, Christian and non-Christian alike, is a scriptural ideal,
0: and it's given through the church. And what a stunning and justice-filled day that will be. Thanks, Zach, for joining us in wading through these waters. Sure. These things are just too important to not think about clearly or to define well.
1: From your tone, Amy, I'm thinking it's that time again.
0: Yes, unfortunately so. But thanks to you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.